So what we'd like to do this morning is begin a new series of sermons, and that's from the book of Joshua. We'd like to continue in Mark in time. I want to take a little break from that, from the Gospel of Mark. I hope to return to chapter 11 later. But what I'd like to do is begin to focus on the book of Joshua. Just to give you a quick introduction to the book of Joshua, you know that uh, Joshua was a longtime assistant of Moses, who served along Moses for the at least the 80 years that uh, Moses had led his people out of Egypt, led God's people out of Egypt, led them through the wilderness, and then brought them to up to the edge of the land of Canaan. Now, who is Joshua? Well, Joshua comes from the tribe of Ephraim, one of the 12 tribes. And if you recall, Ephraim was a son of Joseph, and Joseph was a son of Jacob. So that gives you a bit of a context. So it's about 80 years after Israel was brought out of the land of Egypt, redeemed from Egypt, that we now come to this part of the, the, the story of God's redemption of Israel. Uh, at this point, Moses has just died. That's Deuteronomy 34. And now the account continues with Joshua chapter 1. So let's turn to Joshua chapter 1. And what we plan to do is focus uh, on the series, the first 12 chapters, and then take a break again. But the first 12 chapters really focuses on claiming the inheritance, the land that God had given to Israel, that God had promised to Israel. The first 12 chapters focus on the conquest, the conquering. The last 12 chapters of Joshua deals with the division of the land among the 12 tribes. But this morning we turn our attention to Joshua chapter 1. Let's hear God's word. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. You may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. You may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, 
pass through the camp, command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days, you will cross over the Jordan to go into possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren, armed, and all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua saying, all that we command us, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, we will heed you. Only the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words, and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. And that's our focus this morning, Joshua chapter 1. So beloved in Christ, you know, the church really needs the encouragement of the Lord in all ages, but also in our day today, and that encouragement also to remain faithful to him and to his word. We have enemies on all sides, so many distractions that want to take us away, draw us away from the Lord. As churches, there's no doubt we face challenges, unknown challenges, perhaps in ways that we do not yet expect. But it's important that together we encourage one another to keep our eyes fixed on the promised inheritance. As we're going to see, this inheritance points to some greater inheritance. It pictures a greater inheritance, the inheritance that Christ himself gained for us. That we fix our eyes on that as his people. You know what the world offers? is so limited, here today, gone tomorrow, and there's nothing to sustain it. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. We need to continue to pray, to support one another, and continue to work together as a body of believers. May the Lord continue to give us the grace for that. I always think of geese when they fly. You notice that they fly in the formation of a V. The leader is at the front point leading the way, fixated, you could say, on the goal. And the rest of the geese follow the leader as it leads the way. And that's what we see in Joshua chapter 1. That's the picture here in Joshua 1. God calls Joshua to lead the people. In verses 1 through 9, that's the first half of the chapter, he calls Joshua to lead the people. And then in turn, in verse 10 through 18, Joshua calls God's people, the 12 tribes, to follow 
and take possession of that promised inheritance. We're going to see that this promised inheritance points to something far greater. It's a picture that points to the inheritance of Christ, a leader who is so much greater, so much more perfect than Joshua, who has gained that inheritance for us, for his people. And he did so by conquering Satan, death, and hell. So our main, our main focus this morning is you take hold of it. Continue to lay hold of it by faith. And this is what we hear this morning. You hear the charge. You hear the charge of the Lord to take hold of the inheritance given us. First of all, we see it given to Joshua, who leads the way. And then we see it given to the congregation who are to follow in the way and obey the command of the Lord. And that's what we see this morning. First of all, we see it given to Joshua, who is to lead the way, is to lead the way of bringing the people, of leading the people to the inheritance that God has given them. If you notice at verse 1, God's servant Moses has now died. That's the context here. You can read that also in the last chapter of Deuteronomy 34. You see, God had raised up Moses for his purposes. And that purpose was to bring his people out of the land of Egypt and then to lead them through the wilderness where the Lord fed his people. He guided them. He provided for them. And then at last, Moses brought them to the edge of the land of Canaan the land that God had promised to give his people, right near the river's edge, the Jordan. Moses had died. But always remember, the Lord has not left his people. He always remains with his people. And he calls Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, to succeed Moses and to continue the work that God has given and to bring or to lead his people, to lead God's people into the promised land. Now, before them, there is a raging river to cross, the Jordan River. And then you have all the, the scary battles that they have to face, the enemies that they need to conquer as they take hold of that promised land. But all along, God's people must trust the Lord, trust in his strength, trust in his power, trust in his promises, and go forward in faith. It's very much of a message we need today, isn't it? As we raise our families, as we seek to serve him in the midst of a, a culture that does not like Jesus, does not like the faith, does not like the word of God. But you know, here in the midst, of all these scary enemies in this scary world and where Joshua and, his, and God's people are, God reassures Joshua of three things. You see that in verses 1 through 9. Three things. We're going to look at them briefly. He reassures Joshua of his promises. You have my promise, Joshua. And the second thing he reassures him of is his presence. Joshua, I'm going to be with you and the people. And the third thing is, you have my word. Those three things. His promise, his presence, and his word. As he is called to lead the people in the conquest 
and lead them by faith into the land. Notice, first of all, the Lord's promise to Joshua. And we see that in verses 2 to 4. God says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, arise. It's a, it's a strong command here. Arise. Go over the Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Arise. Now it's time to act in faith. You go forward. And the promise is God's gift. God's gift of land. They will take that as their own possession, a place where they can flourish in, a place where they can grow in, a place where they can worship the Lord in freedom, a place where they can live their lives in, in God's kingdom. Really, it's a picture, isn't it, of the new creation to come, right, uh, ultimately. So it's to encourage trust. The Lord speaks. You notice here, the Lord speaks as if the land has already been taken, as if the land has already been given to them. If you look at verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. It's written in past tense, as if it's already done, as if it's already happened. That's how sure they can go forward in faith, in the strength of God's promises. That's what we need. We, we look at ourselves, we see our own deficiencies, our failures, our weaknesses. But no, 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 we don't go in our own strength. We don't live in our world in our own strength. We go forward in faith, in the strength of God's promises. And in verse 4, he describes already ahead of time the boundaries of that land. The inheritance the Lord promised long, long before to Abraham. About 600 years before when God called Abraham. Remember as Abraham was walking in the land in Genesis chapter 12 after he had called Abraham to leave his, his family and his land, the Ur of Chaldees? We read in verses 6 and 7 of Genesis chapter 12. The Canaanites were still in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants, I will give this land. Well, Abraham was just by himself with his wife and, and Lot at the time. The Lord reaffirmed his promise, not only to Abraham, but to Abraham's son, Isaac. Because through Isaac came Jacob, and from Jacob will come the twelve tribes. And the 12 tribes would constitute the nation of Israel. For a time, God's promise seemed so distant, so far away, it almost seemed like God had forgotten. Because his people, Israel, they were very much of a displaced people, persecuted. Remember, they were slaves, slaves in Egypt for 400 years. But God never forgets his promises. What did he do? He raised up a deliverer, a savior, you could, uh, so to speak, a, a small s savior, to deliver his people from Egypt in order to bring them into, if you read Exodus 3, to bring them into a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, that's the image of, of, uh, of, uh, of blessing. Okay, the blessing of the Lord. The Lord delivered them so that he could lead them there. In the wilderness, much later, as Moses was nearing the time of his death, Moses again speaks to the people. Because people can be very much, God's people can sometimes be very much afraid and worried and anxious. And he says, 
If you carefully keep all the commandments which I command you to do, if you love the Lord your God, if you walk in his ways, if you hold fast to him, the Lord will drive out all those nations from before you. Every place in which you set the sole of your foot shall be yours. And that's what Joshua repeats here now. <laughs> exactly, basically what the words of Moses said earlier. Point is, God is faithful. You rely on the strength of his promises. It will go well. He's always faithful. The call is to trust him. Now, not only do we have the, not only does Joshua have his promises, but what is the promise without God being with him? God is saying, you don't only have my promises, but I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to be there at your side. I mean, think of those words in Romans 8, right? Who can bring a charge against God's elect? If God is for us, who can be against us? Humanly speaking, the mission may seem impossible. It may seem impossible for God's church here, for his congregation. No, but God promises that he will be with them. He will be at the side of Joshua and his people. Look at verses 5, 6, and 9. 5 and 6 especially, but you also see it in verse 9. As I was with Moses, it's going to be no different. I will also be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. You think about Moses, God's servant. Boy, he faced hard circumstances. It looked like impossible. Here Moses, right, who was who had a hard time speaking. He's called to confront Pharaoh, the governing authority of Egypt in that day. And he's called to give him these words with the word of the Lord. Let my people go that they may worship me. It's the same God who now gives that same assurance in very similar kind of threatening circumstances to Joshua. Boy, they face battles. Like battles that people, as people face today. Battles on every side. Powerful enemies. They have to deal with their own evil desires, and Joshua has to lead the people in this way as well that to, to address those desires. Moses has died, but God has not changed. He is present with his people. He is still Lord. He is with you to help you, to deliver you in all your battles. Take hold. When you trust him, that's, that's, that's an expression of you taking hold of the inheritance that God has given you in Christ. It's a free gift, but that's what trust does. You know, three times, if you notice in this passage, verses 1 through 9, three times God exhorts Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Again, only be strong and be courageous. And again, be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow. It's so good to hear God saying this to us. Even in troubled times like this. Where we may worry about the future. Where things are going to. How things are going to unfold. But to know that the hands. Uh, that the, the world is in God's hands. And he's doing it. And whatever happens is for the sake and for the good of his church. In all our challenging circumstances, God says, I will be with you. I will not forsake you. 
And those words in Joshua 1 verse 5, I will never forsake you. You see those same words repeated in Hebrews 13 verse 5. And there is, of course, in the context of our battles against coveting, <laughs> uh, against discontent, being discontent. But in Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6, the Lord says, you know, well, don't let those things control you because then you become anxious and you become very fearful. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Yes, the promises of God. Joshua may proceed in the promises of God, in the presence of God, God being with him. But you know, Joshua, you have my word too. You believe it. Keep on believing it and stick to it. Don't depart from it. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right and try to figure things out in your own way. You stick to the word. See verses 7 and 8? Only be strong and very courageous. For what purpose? That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Isn't that true, brothers and sisters? It takes courage, doesn't it? It takes courage and strength to, to obey God's word. You know, because that's evidence that we're trusting him. It's not always easy to trust and obey. Especially when there's pressures not to obey. And we face those conflicts. And what will I look like? What will happen to me? What is the cost? We have our own weaknesses. We have our own sins. We have our fears. We have our inadequacies. But in the midst of that, God says, but you have me. I am with you. You have my promises. You have everything. Joshua, don't you turn away from it. Don't you turn away from the word. Not to the right, not to the left. That you may prosper wherever you go. You see, that's the way of blessing. The Lord charts out the way of blessing. Doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, but it is the way of blessing. Don't let the word leave your mouth, Joshua. You continue to lead by that word. And how do you do that? How do you make sure that the word doesn't leave your mouth and leave your heart? You continue to meditate on it. Meditate on it day and night. That's what he says in uh, verse 8. Right? Meditate on it day and night. And you think about for us as believers too, we want the Lord's blessing. We want to prosper in his way. No, the word is not something magical, but it's something that the Lord uses to strengthen our faith and to prosper us in his ways that we may experience his blessing. Psalm 1, and think of Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3. It really echoes what God says here to Joshua. It speaks of the blessing on the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. You can say in the word of God. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And what's the result? He shall be like a tree, firmly rooted, planted by streams of living water that brings forth its fruit in its season. That's, that's the, the picture of blessing. Even in the face of battles and scars and hardships. Joshua. 
you lead. You have me. You have my promises. You have my word. You know, today we don't live in the days of Joshua. We live way after, even after the time of Christ. We live in the days of one who's greater than Joshua. And you think of the name meaning, or the, sorry, the meaning of the name Joshua. Joshua is another name for Jesus. As a matter of fact, uh, Jesus is the Greek. It's a different, uh, different language name for Joshua. But Joshua literally means the Lord is salvation. The Lord is salvation. And it points to Jesus, the new and greater Joshua, for Jesus means Savior. Think of Matthew 1, verse 21. Name him Jesus. Call him Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Who's our, who's our leader today? Not the old Joshua. He was not the perfect one. But he pointed to one who's perfect. A great leader. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2 talks about him being the captain of our salvation. He's the word made flesh. He's the promised one. He's the presence of God, the great I am. Christ also received the commission. In a sense, like Joshua from his heavenly father, what was that commission? To complete the work that the father had given him to do on earth for our salvation. What did he do? He went before us. And he obtained the inheritance for us. How? By dying, by sacrificing, by offering himself as the perfect sacrifice on the cross for our sins. That was the first thing that needed to be done to bring us into a right relationship with God. What did he do? He conquered. He conquered those enemies. He conquered the powers of sin, the powers of the devil, the powers of death and hell. He not only did that, but he conquered not just the land of Canaan, but he conquered the world. He conquered the world. Psalm 2 talks about the nations of the earth are his possession, his inheritance. And now he say to the church, oh, the church seems like such a displaced people on earth. Never mind. Enemies, the nations, maybe all around you, but you go into all the world with the gospel, invite them, call them, and say to them, the Lord has won. He has won the battle already. We want you to share in his glory with us. Please come. And this is a call that goes to peoples from all different nations, peoples who are brown, black, yellow, and white. Come join us, share in the glory of Jesus. He has won the battle. Don't perish in your way. He promises to be with his people. Didn't he say that in Matthew 28? All authority has been given to Christ. Go ye therefore baptizing them, teaching them. And by his spirit, he's with us to the end of the age. And what does he call us to do? Simply to believe, but follow him and obey. Think of that, the, the, the V, the, the formation of flying geese. Christ is our leader. We follow in his train. That brings us to our second point briefly. Joshua is a type of Christ to come, and he now calls his people 
to follow and obey. The first thing Joshua does is to call the congregation of Israel to take hold of the inheritance. Now go. You take hold of the inheritance by faith, which God has given to you. And you do it in two ways. You see that in verses 9, sorry, 10 through 18. In two ways. By preparing and by working together in unity. Verses 10 and 11, by preparing. And second of all, by working together in unity. He addresses the congregation here in that way. Look, first of all, preparing. Verses 10 and 11. The first thing he did was to urge God's people to lay hold of the inheritance, the inheritance God had given them, by preparing themselves to take hold of it. Prepare yourselves. He calls upon the officers to pass through the camps. They were to tell the people to prepare themselves to cross the Jordan, to conquer the land, the inheritance God had given them. Now, likewise, we too, we don't live in those days, but we live in the days which God has given us, as the time after Christ. How do we prepare ourselves? You think of our busy lives. They had busy lives since then too. They had children to raise. They had jobs to do. They had little ones to care for. They had to serve their families. How do we prepare? How do we keep focused? I mean, we have so many focuses in our lives, but how do we work in such a way that all our focuses serve the greater focus? Fixing our eyes on the inheritance that Christ has given to us, God has given to us in Christ. Well, that takes place where? In our worship, in our public meetings, in coming together. If you look at Hebrews 10, 24, 25, really, that really suggests, or really strongly emphasizes uh, focusing on that day of the inheritance when it's revealed in all its fullness. Hebrews 10, 24, 25, the Lord calls us to stir one another to love and to good works. And then he goes on to say, uh, encouraging one another as you meet together, all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, it's in worship where God gives us focus, he gives us direction, and he reassures us, you have me with you. You have my promises in Christ. You have everything you need. You have my word. You have everything in order to keep our focus on the goal in Christ. That's the first thing, preparing. That's how we continue to Keep our eyes focused. That's how the Lord enables us to continue preparing by coming together to be reminded, to be refocused. Why we're here in this world? To serve him, yes, in all the different ways and in different activities, but with our eyes fixed upon the goal to come, the inheritance. Second of all, we keep our, we, we, we take hold of the inheritance by working together. You notice that in verses 12 through 15, among the 12 tribes of Israel, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Recall, Reuben is a son of Jacob, originally. So is Gad. Manasseh is the son of Joseph. Okay, so there are three of the 12 tribes. And you notice here, they already had their inheritance on the east side of the Jordan, of the east side of the Jordan River. 
And now, now, now Joshua, he reminds them of what Moses had said to them earlier. And you see that in verses 14 and 15. The importance of working together as fellow believers. He says, send all your mighty men of valor and help them. See that? Very significant. Very important. Help them. For how long should they help them? Until the Lord has given your brothers rest. In other words, you work, you fight with them and help them until they have rest as he has given to you. Then you can return to the land of your possession and enjoy it. Now, suppose they were to say, and that would be a worldly response, oh, let them fend for themselves. They have their problems, I have mine. You know, how discouraging that would be. How disheartening. You know, likewise in Christ, 1 Corinthians 12 really shows how we belong together as members in one body, serving together, working together, rejoicing together, weeping together, helping one another in our battles. Battles are very real to all of us. They may be different ones, but they are very real to all of us. It may be a struggle against the sin in our lives. It may be facing opposition for our faith in Christ. Whatever it is, whatever it is, the Lord also calls us to come alongside one another, bearing one another's burdens. Galatians 6, verse 2. Helping them carry it. Walking alongside, praying for, encouraging. So important. Bearing with one another in love, says Ephesians 4, verse 2. In meekness and humility and lowliness. Bearing with one another in love. You could say that's the New Testament. That's the, the application for us today. The New Testament application of the Old Testament over here. Together we take hold. It's together. Together we take hold of the heavenly inheritance. Knowing that Christ has gained a victory for us. And one day, be assured even for God's displaced people, even as his church is facing persecution, even as people are dying for the faith, this world will will be resplendent. This world will be resplendent with the glory of God, and it will become the full possession of his people. Think of Revelation, a new heaven and a new earth, a renewed earth. That's his promise. Keep our eyes fixated, brothers and sisters. In the midst of all the struggles and all the hardships and all the forgivenesses that we need day by day, just remember the Lord has come to us in Christ, calling us to repent and turn to him, to trust in him day by day by day. Think of what the Apostle Paul exhorts Timothy, also a leader in the congregation, the servant of Christ. He says, Timothy, you fight the good fight of faith. What's the fight? It's a fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. In other words, lead your people in such a way that you may continue to have before you that you want to lay hold of eternal life, but you want them as well. May we show our faith 
by following and obeying our leader. Remember that V formation of the geese? What you see here is the same thing. You see a response of faith in verses 16 to 18 of Joshua 1. How do you see the, you see the response of faith in terms of their willing obedience to the word of the Lord through Joshua? Then they answered Joshua, and this is what they said. Listen carefully. All that you command, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. And whoever rebels against your command and does not love your words shall be put to death. Joshua, you be strong and you be courageous. You think about it. Leaders in the church today need that encouragement just as much as well. They need to hear, even from fellow members, we are with you. Be strong and be of good courage. Keep it up. Keep that vision. Keep it going. And you see that here, the joy, the joy of the inheritance struck such a strong, responsive chord in the hearts of God's people here. They're all saying, amen. Hallelujah. And they showed that in their call to follow because of the vision set before them. Today, congregation, God has given us an even ever more wonderful leader our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants his spirit to make a place for this leader in the hearts of all his people, in the hearts of all who believe. We are united to Christ through faith. May we follow him through life and in all of life. In him, we are safe. The Lord has not left us. We have his promise. We have his presence. We have his word. And we belong to his people. That's enough. Until the kingdom of God comes in great power and great glory. Be strong. Be courageous. As the Apostle Paul says, and may we say as the Apostle Paul, even personally, I press on. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Amen. Amen.